love sometimes calls us to to say a hard thing or to do a hard thing. Love is sacrificial. Part of the sacrifice might be dying to my fear of upsetting them. You know, sometimes the loving thing is to go, you know, I'm going to die to myself and actually say the thing. I think of Paul's words in Ephesians 4 of speaking the truth in love to one another. And the goal there is, he says, so that we grow up in every way into Christ. You're listening to The Chopping Block, a weekly podcast from City Life Church, where we have short, informal conversations about the Bible and the meaning it has for our lives. If you didn't get the chance to catch last week's sermon, I'd recommend going back and giving it a listen so that you can pick up with us where the sermon left off. All right, here we are. We're talking about um, David and Bathsheba as we continue our David series. Um, This week we talked about this moment where Nathan um, confronts David about his sin. Um, And something we learned on Sunday is that his name, Nathan, actually means gift. Um, And there's a kind of irony in that um, because often we don't experience being uh, confronted in our sin as a gift. Um, but Andy, could you talk maybe just a little bit more about the irony there, or maybe even if you've had an experience, um, that kind of reflects that. Let me first give a disclaimer that I preached myself out of a voice on Sunday. I had a head cold. Um, I knew that preaching was potentially going to take my voice out. So pardon my, uh, pardon my voice. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Nathan's the gift that no one wants, uh, heard it said that about celibacy before it's the gift that no one wants uh nathan um confronts david and in confrontation is not a, a gift uh that we would probably desire at least in the moment um but man it can be such a powerful thing in our lives to have a nathan i think specifically about uh, a moment in my life i was um, newly married to melanie we had just moved to louisville kentucky for me to go to seminary, and um, we had been married uh, less than a year, or maybe right at a year, and we had made some friends up there, uh, Dominic and Rebecca Cedillo, and um, after church one Sunday, we went out to eat, and I can't even remember what was said or what prompted it, but I said something really cutting or snarky to Melanie. Um, and it was combative in tone. And my friend Dominic just looked at me and just asked the question, Andy, how do you think Melanie feels when you talk to her like that? And we're like in the middle of Wendy's and he just completely put me in my place. Mm -hmm. Like, And I was just like so taken aback by it. Like I was stunned and truthfully I was mad. Mm -hmm. Like my, my immediate response was just anger. Who does this guy think he is? Um, and then I, I chanced a peek at Melanie and tears were streaming down her, her cheeks. And then I started to cry and then Dominic and Rebecca, who were a, a few years older than us, just began to counsel us, just began to love us. Mm. Um, early in marriage, trying to figure it out, 
in a new place um, and still just not really knowing each other. And, and they went on to just gospel us and just love us. And it ended up being such a redemptive moment. Um, but it started with just this confrontation of like, dude, you shouldn't talk to your wife like that. Like, how do you think she feels when you talk to her like that? Um, I've often looked back at that moment and just thought, man, it took courage for Dominic to speak up and say that. Yeah. But it ended up being super healing. Um, I think for Melanie and me and something we've talked about since then. Yeah. That's, that's a moment that could have gone a lot of different ways. Yes. That's a very bold thing to like, um, to step into the awkward space of our private lives like that, because the polite thing to do, the right thing to do by a, a standard of just good society, just good manners would be to, just let the moment pass. Don't say any. I mean, we've all had those moments right. where, yep. you know, there's the the most infamously awkward episode of The Office is the one where they're at a dinner party and a couple is just the whole time using their guests as pawns in this crazy, you know, game of marriage. And they have an especially unhealthy <laughs> relationship in that episode. But just the awkward moments of, of, our private lives coming out into public. And then like most of us, like could that, the reason that episode's so cringy and impossible to watch is because even just watching it on TV, you, you just kind of clam up and go, Oh, I think the first ooh. time we watched that episode, Melanie was like, I can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can't watch this, this episode anymore. Yeah. It's like, and, and yet the, the boldness and courage of, um, of Nathan as a prophet or of your friend as a mentor, as a peer, even to step into that awkward space and say the truth. Like that is, it's a hard thing. Probably I'd imagine even in some ways harder for him than it was for you. Like, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he was uncomfortable voicing it, but, yeah. but then I the boldness to do that brought life and healing in many ways. And I think, you know, I think for me, like, even though we hadn't known each other that long, I think one thing that helped me in that moment receive it was going, man, I don't think Dominic is out to one up me. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he's on his high horse. Mm -hmm. I felt like even though it ticked me off right at first, it was like, no, there's genuine concern here. Yeah. There's love here. Um, and I think they demonstrated that by sitting with us in the Wendy's for like the next 45 minutes, just kind of talking it out with us. Yeah. Well, that leads me to a question that I'd love to get your response to Zach, which is, you know, Nathan, uh, confronts David. One of the things that we looked at in the sermon is like, we need a Nathan in our life. Like someone, I think the the imagery I used was like someone to hold up the mirror and to help us see ourselves clearly. Nathan does that for David. Um, I think when we think about that in our own lives, I think we recognize that we both need a Nathan. I think the harder thing, though, is that we're also, I think, called to, to be Nathan at times. And I think 
in saying that, there's maybe some fear of, well, man, I have my own blind spots and I have the my own junk in my life. And so how can I confront others if if I have my own stuff and not be a hypocrite? Mm-hmm. How do I not fall prey to pointing out the speck in someone else's eyes while I have a giant log protruding from my own? Zach, what does it look like to be and to live in a healthy relationship of being open to, to Nathan's confronting you, but also being willing to be a Nathan, to hold up the mirror for someone else? Um, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> My wife might be more able to uh, bring wisdom to this than I could. Um, I'm like a pathological introvert. And so I am uh, quite scared of any kind of social interaction, even a perfectly normal, pleasant one. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't know if I if it's something that I've learned in, in a practical wisdom kind of way. I know that something that in receiving, um, and this kind of goes back to the story you told as well, in receiving, being able to receive uh rebuke in that way is like you know if your friend had had any any trace of pride or selfish motives in what he was saying like you probably rightfully wouldn't have been able to hear you you would have been ticked and would have had uh would have had the right to be because I think that's what makes things these things so hard to confront is that everybody has their selfish motives. And so I think a part of it is like knowing that someone cares for me and knowing that I can trust them. And then on the other side of that, if I'm going to confront someone asking myself, do I have selfish motives here? Am I, Mm. am I wanting to confront this person because they hit a strand that really made me angry? Um, Am I wanting to confront this person because I felt insecure and threatened by what was going on or is it because I care for them? Mm. And so sometimes that might mean like, um, and again, I don't say this because I have so much experience doing this the right way, but like praying for that person. And then it's like, maybe I might find on the other side of praying that like, I'm not the person to confront them or I am, but I need to apologize first Mm. Or, um, yeah, I don't know, just getting real about my own motivations first um, and laying those before the Lord. I think we see a lot, especially like on social media, how there can be this performative rage Mm. uh, with confrontation. And I think we don't want to fall prey to that at all, where, where it becomes a performative righteousness. Um, I think your word about prayer is critical. Um, and like asking the question, what's my motivation here? Um, you said to love them. Love sometimes calls us to, to say a hard thing or to do a hard thing. Um, love is sacrificial. Um, part of the sacrifice might be dying to my fear. Um, of upsetting them 
you know, sometimes the loving thing is to go, you know, I'm going to die to myself and actually say the thing. I think of Paul's words in Ephesians 4 of speaking the truth in love to one another. And the goal there is, he says, so that we grow up in every way into Christ. Um, and so I think that's another maybe helpful parameter is like, is the goal here for them to grow into Christ? Um, or is it just preferential? Um, I think we really have to sift, sift our motives there, but I don't think we can escape it ultimately. Mm-hmm. I think we want, this is something many of us want to escape. I just don't want to live uh, in a confrontational way in mm-hmm. any way. And I think the Christian life calls us to be brothers and sisters to one another in such a way that there are times we have to speak the truth and love to one another. Mm-hmm. Like we have to hold up the mirror or we're actually not loving. Um, if we're, if we're completely unwilling to ever say a hard thing to a brother or sister in Christ, I think what it ultimately reveals is we love ourselves most. Mm. Um, and so we have to be willing and open to God using us as an instrument of, of holding up the mirror if, if we really want to love others well. Um, I think this is one of the things we struggle with most maybe in the church just because of our cultural moment. We either, we either rage and we're just uber confrontational in this super self-righteous sort of a way or we just, you know, keep our mouth shut. Yeah. And I think we're called to the messy middle. Yeah. And I think so much of it, I keep being reminded as, as you were saying all that of just how, how often the Bible uses the metaphor of light and it's not always like super encouraging when you read about the light, you know, and John like talks about those who want to stay in sin, don't want to come out into the light. They want to stay in the dark. And yep. I'm obviously heavily paraphrasing there, but um, like I think sometimes we don't want to shine a floodlight on someone else because we don't want it to get turned around and be pointed at us. Or at the same time, we want to pick that floodlight up and grip it tight and make sure nobody else is able to turn it around at us. So we pointed it, you know, it's, and I think it's like my temptation often is like, well, I'm a sinner too. I'm not going to confront them. And then I stop there and it's like, when really I should go a little bit further into that and go, okay, well then what do I need to shine the light on myself so that I can be in a place where I could say, you know, you know, if, if I'm in a situation where like where you described, I'm in that Wendy's with a couple that's a few years younger than me, am I going to be in a situation where I'm able to say that? Or am I going to be in a situation where I go, well, I talked to my wife. Yeah. I talked to my wife, so maybe I won't see, you know, or or am I going to be, you know what? I need to confront this in myself, Mm -hmm. in my own life, whatever, kind of sin it may be so that I have the ability to shine that light without being a hypocrite. The image I get, you know, you using that picture is just, Hey, let's hold hands together and let's step out into the light Mm. together. Yeah. Um, I think that's the better way. Let's live in the light together. If you want to find out more about city life church or have any questions about the kinds of things we talked about today, you can head over to citylifechurch.org and fill out a digital connect card. 
We'd love to reach out and stay in touch with you. Thanks for listening.